having some trouble over there. I can read, you can read, we can read. We're reading together. I married you, you married me. We got married, yeah, we married each other. Now we're reading books, talking in mics, discussing stuff with one another. We're a, a couple's book club. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Couples Book Club. It's two boys for that kid. It's the problem. I'm Lauren. Among others. That's Isaac over there who is working on a lollipop because that is great podcasting etiquette. Grown-ass man. Eat a lollipop if I want to. Yeah. It's just a choice to get one out. Was this right communist Russia? Um, I assume that trying they had to, candy trying there. Trying to limit my mouth foods? Are there other kinds of foods? Pro- probably not. <laughs> Threw you off your game. I don't think my game was on. Well, I was. Honestly. It's extremely off now. <laughs> she is unplugged. It better be plugged in. It's showing little um, waveforms. Yeah, or spikes. Spikes. It's like a porcupine for your ears. <laughs> That's another t-shirt we should make. Couples book club. <laughs> porcupine for your ears. I would buy that shirt. <laughs> what was the other? Oh, electric book machine. Electric book machine. <laughs> I think late capitalist hellscape should be a t-shirt also. Yeah personally but if anybody wants a, that's an all-purpose shirt you know us to make a run of you know like five t-shirts let limited us know. edition t-shirts i'll get around to designing them as soon as i get around to In designing demand. us a better logo yeah which hasn't happened yet anyway it should, be, it should just be club. like like a like a picture of like a book burning and then like our heads like coming ghostly out of the flames somehow <laughs> I mean, I could make a really shitty Photoshop. We're burning them up with incisive commentary. Oh, snap. Take that, Nazi Germany. (laughs) We really gave it to him hard by uh, choosing Mein Kampf for our first book. (laughs) (laughs) Little uh, little Addy Hits is turning over in his grave. Incidentally, that guy also went up in flames. Allegedly. Oh, that's true, because the Soviets burned his body. Allegedly. But he's probably, you know... He's still alive in Argentina. In Bolivia somewhere, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Like Robo- like hun- he's like 125 years old. Well, he's like Robo-Hitler now. Sure. It's like a like a get-out kind of thing, but with mm-hmm. like South American people. Mm-hmm. You think Mengele like set that up for him? Probably. Put him inside some like Aryan twins? Yep. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like those kids from uh, The Shining, but like really anti-Semitic. Maybe those kids were, I don't know. Well, there was that... It's difficult to tell. There's that town... There's, like, a town in, like, rural Brazil where there's, like, tons of twins that, like, it's, like, a kind of a, a German settler town or whatever where they are, like, did Mangala come here and, like, make twins? Oh, yeah. My dude's into twins in all respects. They think there might be something in the water slash, you know, a lot of inbreeding. Anyway... Winning formula, whatever's happening. Um, welcome to Couples Book Club once again. Um, Lauren and Isaac are here to um, talk to you about a book that we read some some time ago. Yeah, I feel like I finished this one 
You finished it a long time ago. Fuck, six weeks ago, maybe? Something like that? I finished it. It's been a minute. But we're getting around to it now, guys. Okay, we've got busy lives. Um, We read The Amityville Horror by Jay Anson. It is a book. Mm-hmm. Copyright 1977. Oh, by Jay Anson, George Lee Lutz, and Kathleen Lutz. Cutting him in on those royalties. Yeah. I mean, this thing sold a shit ton, I would imagine, so that's probably some decent bank. Yeah. They make their money back on their haunted house. Yep. Um, failed contracting business or whatever the fuck it is yeah. he does. Some surveying thing. Yeah. He's kind of meet with that IRS guy. Yeah. He keeps coming back. Welcome, please. Welcome. Uh, pardon me slash us if there's like coughing and sniffling. We both had a cold. Isaac had it and then I had it and it's... Like, we're not sick anymore, but it's just one of those things that keeps lingering. I'm un- unapologetic about the lollipop noises, though. Isaac loves candy. This is me now. <laughs> lollipop man? Yeah. You're going to eat all those, aren't you? What? Those Tootsie Pops? I'm going to try and stop myself, but no promises. Well, just buy me some more. I have no restraint. I know. I have all the restraint. Yep. I'm good. Picture at- of discipline over there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Kid is regimented I'm like i'm gonna take a nap even if i don't think i'm that tired and yeah no make it's myself lay down impressive uh stick to if you will oh god i hate it when people say that. <laughs> i also hate it when people say um aggressiveness i'm like there's a fucking word for that it's called aggression bitch a- a- ag- aggressivity no aggressitude you're, you're adding too many phonemes we already have a word aggressory Guys, if you were wondering if this book was scary, I will tell you. It was not nope. not scary at all. I don't remember the movie that well. I saw it several years ago uh, when I kind of started doing, when I was like still pretending to do dissertation research and was like, I need ah. to see all these horror movies for research purposes, like classic horror films. And I don't remember this one being particularly scary. Allegedly, this is a true story. Um, which is almost entirely false. Yeah. And there is, I didn't really do any research around it. I just will re- repeat some rumors that I've heard. Um, so, Those are kind of research. So allegedly is in big letters around all of this, but I believe Lutz is not their family's real name. So the Ronald DeFeo murders are real. Like that guy, he was like in his early 20s. He murdered his entire family. He yep. shot them all. Like you do. Like that really did happen. Um, in that house but there's been talk that the Lutz family or whatever the real name is um, may have been kind of in cahoots with um, DeFeo's defense attorneys who were like trying I think they were trying to appeal by that point um, saying that uh, DeFeo believed that he was like possessed by demons and were trying to prove it by saying that the house was possessed or something but, like, I don't see how that's a sound legal argument. I mean, even in the 70s, guys. Yeah, I, I have a difficult time imagining a jury being convinced of that. I mean, I guess you just have to have one person to convince, but still. Yeah, but I think he'd already been convicted by that point, so I don't... Yeah, like, for an appeal, that's a long shot. Yeah. Although, I mean, it's not like he really contested the fact that he killed them, so it's just a question of, like, why? Yeah. Yeah. At the appeal stage, at least. 
Right. And there's stuff where people are like, well, how did you kill all those people um, without anyone waking up? But in this book, they said that he had, like, drugged their dinner or something. Um, which I don't remember hearing elsewhere, but whatever. Anyway, that guy did it. Demons aren't real. Really? That's what we want you to think. I've ever, I'm sure I've probably played you that uh, that uh, Guided by Voices song. Just called Demons Are Real. It's like 30 seconds long. It's amazing. Probably. Sounds like something you would do. I'll play it for you later. It's good. I was just thinking about... Because a little while ago you mentioned uh, the word trip hop. And I was like, I don't really know what that is. But I'm not going to ask or else Isaac's going to start playing uh, uh, YouTube videos for me. Trip hop luau party, bro. <laughs> Which is kind of exactly what my dad does. Oh. <laughs> like pulling a milford like you ask him one basic question and then he is so excited that you asked him about it i just get milforded here he just i mean it's adorable but it's also like okay dad you mm-hmm. don't need to play us any more records okay, okay we get it cool not doing that anymore though <laughs> you're not gonna stop it's Won't adorably nerdy i it's adorably nerdy. <sighs> okay yeah but it try, is try to it walk it back not um, unlike, Keep walking. Uh, See how far you get. But my dad does. Well, I think it's cute when he does it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just eventually get bored, and I'm like, "All right, you're a lot more invested in answering this than I was in asking it." Cool. Cool. Mm, wow. Once again, witnesses to our divorce. <laughs> <laughs> just a slow, slow crumbling dissolution here. You're still coming home with me for Christmas, though, right? So that we can do this in front of my parents. Yeah. Yeah. No, the 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 denouement is. Uh, <laughs> we need to make a big we need a bigger scene. audience, yeah. Because that's both you, me, and my family. God, real could, big scenes. Could we fake do that though, just to freak people out? No. No. Okay. I don't think I could even pretend. Yeah. Because I'm not confrontational. If you so were, if you were super drunk. Fake. Well, I wouldn't be drunk in front of my family. Well, but like it could be like we would go I don't to know, Applebee's, hang out with some friends or something, and then come back like after, like maybe before they're formally like in bed, but they're sort of like winding down for the evening okay. and they can overhear a loud argument downstairs. Why would we do that? I don't know. I mean, if you want to do that in front of your parents, maybe. We don't really. Not a lot of vocalization happening in my family. Well, not my family doesn't argue like that either. My parents yeah. would like go into another room and quietly talk. Yeah, yeah. Like they didn't argue, and I mean they might they would disagree with each other in front of us. But I think if they were gonna have a discussion, they would, they shut the door, and we never heard it. I don't know how to fight now. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. <laughs> it's fine. It just festers. It's just like uh, um, what was that? What was that tortoise's name? Terrence is the one who gets flipped, right? Bert and Terrence. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like that, that I will not fight. and. Which one, Is it Bert that gets flipped and Terrence is the other one? I thought it was Terrence that got flipped oh, I don't remember. and Bert was the one who was bullying. We watch a lot of zoo shows these um, days. But and these tortoises have been friends. They've been living together for literally 75 years. But that's my that's my confrontational strategy is like, paralysis and then just like retract into your shell mm. and if you get flipped just like wait for the zookeeper to come flip you back over <laughs> but then c- keep trying to escape your enclosure yeah 
so you don't have to face your friend who like wants to fuck that lady and you're not even trying you're just like hey could you not bro just learning how to escape this enclosure we call life we're in a weird we're in a weird mood over here today. Yeah, we might talk about the book eventually. <laughs> There's really not that much to talk about, so Yeah. I'm just kind of riffing right now. There's a preface pre preface. <laughs> preface like you, by you wear, you John wear, wear a face atop your own face. <laughs> I marked something in the preface. The preface is a little bit wanky. It's just about, it's just like a religious view of like... Oh man, there are different explanations for shit. Yeah. And the thing you're going to read is an explanation. The thing I marked on page uh, small Roman numeral nine is... So he's talking about religion and science. He says, the balanced person of faith will admire and accept the findings of modern science, but conclude that even projecting future developments, it is myopic to think that Nature does not reveal a depth of reality beyond the empirical realm of natural science. Pick a side, Rev. Did I ever tell you about, uh, did you ever read The Structure of Scientific Revolutions? Uh, is that Marx? No. <laughs> what is that? I don't remember the dude's I name. Know. I took a philosophy of science class in uh, undergrad. Because yeah. I was a philosophy minor and it sounded interesting. But mostly it was with like the one philosophy professor that I really liked. Sure. Um, and we read that book. And one of the sort of arguments within it is that um, science is not, I guess, exact in the sense that it's like predictive, but it's not like you can say, you know, the 50 times that we tried to do this experiment, it came out this way, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily indicate that the 51st time will turn out that way. Right. Well, that's why they call things like gravity a theory yeah and i hadn't really i guess thought of it in those terms before so that was a little bit of a like oh kind of moment well and so, yeah science can always change its mind or new developments and new technology can come along yeah so it's the, also the, a system built by humans so it's imperfect i think that i'm willing to accept i feel like that formulation is a little bit softer and i don't know that i agree with it I, and it just reminds me of when i used to be religious and also like you know was a, a good student so i was like double think bro i don't think my church is into evolution maybe there's some justification sort of but also this biology test requires me to treat evolution as if it's real so i will um you know answer according to what i learned in this textbook sure sure sure, sure. i don't think too hard about what i really believe sure that's fair demons are fake though Demons are real. Oh, sorry. Demons are real. Evolution is fake. Is that... uh, no, they're both real. Okay, so where do demons fall between like dinosaurs and humans? Um, are they half dinosaur? The ones, the ones who theoretically got destroyed when the asteroid came. Sure. They just turned into demons, so it became oh. a parallel race at that point. Are they like spiritual? They're just kind of like shriveled dinosaurs. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I will now mention, um, in a sketch writing class I took, I, uh, wrote a draft of a sketch about, um, it was called T-Rexorcist, and it was about a Tyrannosaurus Rex that was an ordained Catholic priest. It's an amazing premise. <laughs> I just imagine that. But, the, and he, but he didn't, like, talk. He wearing, like, like the little collar dinosaur. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. He was, like, a re- legit, just, like, fucking t-rex 
associated very with the devout. Catholic Church. Yeah. Who would just scare the demon out of you by being a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Maybe, maybe eat you in the process. Maybe. I, I think I only wrote a first draft. Don't, I don't, question, don't question his methods. Um, But I just liked that T-Rexorcist. Sure, I just, sure. I felt really good about that pun. Some deft, uh, deft wordplay. Um, Sparkling, some might say. It's been several years. Maybe I should revisit it. Yeah. Come back to that shit. Mm. After the preface, there is a prologue. For some reason. I marked something in the prologue? I don't know. I just felt like I should mark things. It's false. Uh, so this is page three. So this is after the Lutzes had apparently lived in the house for the, like, one month before they, like, ran away. Um, and then, a like, a reporter tracked or heard about it. Okay, so a reporter had found that, like, people, uh, everybody who lived on that property had had weird experiences. Mm-hmm. And, um... Let's see. The Channel 5 announcer went on to say that William Weber, the attorney representing Ronald DeFeo, had commissioned studies hoping to prove that some force influenced the behavior of anyone living at 112 Ocean Avenue, which is like, okay, so you're kind of tipping your hand here telling us that, um, like, dude's attorneys are involved in trying to prove that this place is haunted, demonically infested or whatever. I just don't. I mean, as a last-ditch effort, I guess, but I just don't understand how that's, like, a viable legal strategy to try gotta, to do that. i got to make another drink. I mean, I guess if, the, if this if this dude is, like, already convicted and it's just a question of trying to get it overturned on appeal or something, maybe, but, like, you're going to have a hard time selling, like, nebulous, demonic possession to a jury. Right. I mean, juries are dumb. They do stupid shit pretty regularly, I think. Like, maybe if he said the demon was black or something. Too soon? No. I mean, you're not wrong. That's jur- juries eat that shit up, dude. Just saying. No, it just doesn't seem like a workable approach. Maybe in the seventies. I don't know. I, I, it did not work. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know it didn't work, but it's just uh, a strange, a strange move. Like, how do you, how do you document that? Because I, I mean, I half remember it, but I don't even think they do like a proper investigation with equipment in the course of the book. No, There's, like, like, the promise of maybe it will. Yeah, the, the like, guy is going to come, but then he never comes because, you know, the demon interfered in his travel plans. Sure. Demon's all like, I'm changing you to a middle seat. <laughs> Crying baby in front and behind. <laughs> well, he did give that priest the flu. Yeah. Seems a little bit petty, I'm going to be honest, but, you know. It wasn't just, like, a really bad flu that kept recurring. It was just, you know, every time... He'd talk on the phone to the Lutzes. He would get the flu again. Yep. Get that checked out, man. All right. Chapter one. So the sure. book goes, each chapter is a date, like in the, like, basically the, like, one month or whatever that they lived there. Um, they're very short chapters, which makes it easy to read a bunch at one time, because also it's not a hard read and not well written. It is very slapdash. Yeah. It seems like. Maybe Ronald DeFeo's lawyer was like, hey, can, can you write a book with these people about how that house is like, I don't know, demony? And then he did it in like a month. Just Yeah, it's like they like the, the lawyer hooked him up with, uh, I don't know, whatever a week's worth of like trucker speed is. <laughs> and he's like, crank this thing out. 
doing it Kerouac style, mm-hmm. just going. Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe like a, like a Stephen King like Coke binge kind sure. of writing. This is not Coke inspired. It's not. It's not Coke worthy for you, I don't think or so. I feel okay. like I feel like if Jay Anson were on Coke, it'd be better. I mean, he might just be a shit writer. And That's true. This is what coked up shit writer writing looks like. Yeah, I can't remember what other shit he wrote. I, I feel like this was probably his most commercially successful book. Well, didn't he die? Yeah. Not too long after. Oh, about the author. Blah blah blah. He's written more than 500 documentary scripts for television. Um, and he died in 1980, so just yeah. a couple years after this came out. Yep. Yeah. Convenient. We didn't give uh, didn't give the demon a piece of the royalties, so. Fuck off. Gotta repossess that soul. Beelzebub's it's all the up deal. in here like, fuck off. Yep. You see how I came off in there? It's very unflattering portrayal. First of all, I did not sign off on using my likeness or my image yeah on page five chapter one which is december 18th 1975 um this is just talking about this is like the day they moved in to the house um i just marked this between july and november uh he and his wife so george is 28 kathleen is 30 oh Um, cougar this is a second marriage for her i'm not sure if it's a second marriage for him or not Felt like it was, but I could be wrong. But he came into the marriage, or she came into the marriage with three kids, so they're his Gross. kids. Um, but it's just kind of crazy to me that she has like three school age kids, and is on her second marriage and is thirty. But it's it prodigious, man. It's the seventies, yeah. Yeah, but it says between July and November they had looked at over fifty homes on Long Island's South Shore before deciding to investigate Amityville. It's Long, Long Island. That's how you pronounce it. Long, Long Island. Long Island. Long yeah. Island. Yeah. Um, 50 homes. I don't think that I, I think I would be like, I think at 20, I'd tap out and be like, this is not a good time. I'd tap out at like five, dude. That I'd sounds exhausting. So many fucking, I mean, yeah, I don't think I'd make it that far. I'd be like, I yeah. guess we just shouldn't buy a house because they all suck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a, there's floor plans. It's like a three-story huge house with like yep. a basement, and it's on the Amityville River, and they have a boathouse. Boathouse. Um, it's fucking huge. Um, and of course, it, it's a house, and it has a boat in it. Boathouse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Word. <laughs> no. It's like Ghost Rider. I want. I want this book, but I want it written from the boat's perspective. Mm. Or the dog. The boat or the dog. Maybe I have a lot of problems with the treatment of the dog in this yeah, book. Yeah, that's one of my major notes. I have something next on 22. I don't know if you have anything that early. Uh, I think until 32. Okay. They're pretty, there's, they're pretty sporadic. Yes. Okay. Spor- sporadicus. It's from the popular film Clueless, 1995. I hope not sporadically. Besides the um, the Lutz family, the other kind of main character that the book follows, oh, I'm sorry, this documentary evidence, um, documents accurately, is a Father Mancuso, Father Frank Mancuso, right, so he's a Catholic priest in Long Island, Long Island, so he helped Kathy and George, I don't know, he did like some premarital counseling for them or something, I don't know, but Kathy and her kids are ca- Catholic. Hey, remember when we did premarital counseling? And George isn't. 
Um, no, we've done some post-marital counseling. Yeah. Done a lot of personal counseling. Oh, yeah. Uh, this vodka and I are counseling each other. This head shrunk the fuck out. 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 Yep. Cool. I mean, it here. doesn't say that, but it says he helped them in the days before they were married, and I don't really know what else that would mean. Oh, he helped them? It's not a bad idea. Yeah. It's not every other chapter, but it's like every few chapters. There's a Father Mancuso chapter, and I did not care. Yeah, they're pretty aggressively boring for the most part. It's like, okay. Honestly, okay. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like g good books, you, if not identify with the character, you are at least like interested in or vaguely sympathetic to sure. characters. I didn't care about that, dude. I did not give a shit about Father Mancuso. Yeah. He just seemed kind of, I've got notes about other stuff, but I have some yeah. some issues with the, the father. So, because he's associated with the family and, um, or whatever, so he's a family friend. Uh, I don't know if Kathy maybe just knew him before or whatever, but he's not the parish priest where they've moved, but um, they did ask him to come by and um, bless the house. Do you think they have a, uh, like a like a crocheted uh, bless this mess thing hanging up in their kitchen somewhere? Mm, maybe. Kind of sounds like Kathy did a lot, like was kind of a neat freak though. Yeah. Maybe. Well, she thinks it's messy when there's, like, a thing out of place. Sure. So I marked something on 22 So about Father Mancuso. Um, he woke up with a bad feeling, but then he came over to bless the house as they moved in. And it was an enormous house, he noted. Good for Kathy and the children that her husband had been able to provide such a fine home. Fuck that shit. Get a job, Kathy. Seriously. She has a job. Homemaker. Hello. Like unpaid domestic labor, bro. Um, on 31, I think this might be the first night. Does that count as a non-profit job if you're a homemaker? I mean, capitalism profits from your unpaid labor. Sure. Because you're helping in the reproduction of labor. Is she part of the lumpen proletariat? Pretty much. Just unwoke? She can be woke. I think the lumpen proletariat can also be woke, but... I, she is not as a character, I don't think. If for no other reason than she sleeps a lot in this book. Yeah, yeah. Second or third night they're there. George wakes up at 3.15 in the morning, which is a, maybe allegedly when the murders happen. And a detail that is repeated exhaustively throughout yeah. the book. It's like, yeah, no, we get it. This time is significant. And so George wakes up, he hears some shit. He's always hearing these loud noises coming from the boathouse. And then there's like what is called a compound where the dog Harry stays, even though it's midwinter. Well, yeah, it's fucking cold. They remark several times about how cold it is. And they're like, yeah, the dog's fine. Dog's cold resistant. I guess. He's, he's got a blanket growing out of his skin. What do you need for him? But Toughens so him up. But so, like, George gets obsessed with, like, the boathouse and always hearing something down there. And he goes, so he goes to investigate. Did the boat kill those people? 
Maybe. Is this I, a schizophrenic boat talking to itself? They never explain it. The boathouse has nothing to do with the original DeFeo murders. God, schizophrenic boat would be such a good cartoon. <laughs> Hears voices. Doesn't do voices. Oh, maybe he's working on his routine out there. Maybe. Is it like a, like a float-up comedian if you're a boat? How does that work? You just float on a boat with a, you have a megaphone and you do your comedy at people in their um, large lakeside home. I just like the, this, this boat's like going down the river like, hey guys. Did you hear the thanks, one about uh, the... Thanks for coming out tonight. What's with people on land? Am, Am I, I right? God. Cars. It's killer material. Um, yeah, so, like, a door keeps coming open on the boathouse or something, so George keeps going down there in the middle of the night. Um. So that is masturbatorium? Probably. That's probably what he's doing. It's where he goes to cry. Or both. <laughs> There's just a detail on 31 that, um, he, he locks up the door that's swinging in the wind and he tells the dog to stop barking. And so George gets back in bed and it says, as an ex-marine, not too many years out of the service... He was fairly accustomed to emergency wake-up calls, which I'm like, mm, okay, so he was definitely in Vietnam. Yeah, he's got and, he's got the PTSD. And he, uh, some of his behavior in this book could maybe be attributed to that. Psst. Say that about our brave men and women in uniform. It's well, they patriotic. don't all have PTSD. Don't they? Uh... George's like class and money anxiety, which I think is one of the few like truly interesting things about the book, mm. uh, that he's like constantly paranoid about his business being shitty. Sure. And like, did they get too much house? I think they probably got too much house. They got too much house. They also spent too much, even though they got a great deal. On well, it. And it was like above what they wanted to spend anyway. Yeah, but they spent and yet too they much still do it because like it's it's giant. So I guess it's got that going. But like, bro, you're already possibly in over your head here right independent of any like demon situation yeah so like maybe you should have thought of that uh but i feel like there's a good i don't know there's a good marxist analysis to be done on that like the book is like this weird manifestation of like class anxiety um so there is actually a decent bit of stuff written about um haunted house narratives and um yeah, basically, like, financial worries and, like, home ownership and stuff. Because when I, again, was doing dissertation research, I was really interested in haunted houses in particular and in, um, you know, all those TV shows that are like, we moved into a new house and turns out it was haunted and then our family started to fall apart. Haunted by your own insecurities, poor person. <laughs> and we couldn't get out because of money stuff. And so that's, like, a pretty common theme in haunted house stories it's like why don't you just move out it's like they can't because they financially they can't sure get out of it um and um I mean, i'm sure when it when it comes down to it capitalism is the specter that's haunting all of us so fair good luck exercising that one t-rexorcist pew, pew, exactly pew. imagine that dude ripping into capitalism what is it does it just look like the man it's just a guy with the top hat Mm, it's like the Monopoly guy. Yeah. But like Godzilla sized. Oh shit. Yeah, he's big. He's everywhere. Yep. Dollar bills the size of houses. Just dropping them everywhere. It sounds bad. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. It's bad for everyone. 
Um, you just get there's like a giant Scotty dog you can use against him. <laughs> Car. I don't remember what other iron. markers there are. Yeah, there's the iron. Shoe. Maybe you get him with the iron. You smash him with the shoe, maybe. Yeah. Iron though, you could throw trip at him. him. Maybe. Yeah, you at least poke him with it. It's heavy. You could hit him with it, or put a big like iron burn on the back of his uh, his like tails jacket. Aw, shit! Somebody's getting fired. Dude's gonna be so embarrassed at the next social occasion. <laughs> oh my god, Mr. Monopoly! This was a white tie event. That's it's tough to come back from that one. Use the wrong fork. Exactly. Page 34, they mentioned that uh, George had been practicing transcendental meditation. God, the fucking TM notes. For a couple years, and um, Kathy, one year. George started doing it after, oh, after his first divorce. Sure. When he'd been attending sessions of group therapy. And then he got Kathy into transcendental med- meditation. Yeah, that seems like a very, like, 70s note. And I was like... I'm sorry. Did Phil Jackson just show up? Exactly. <laughs> what? Oh, man. Let's appropriate some Native American culture. I mean, the house is probably on like a Native American graveyard or something. So well, technically. Well, I mean, America is, is a yeah. Native American graveyard. Right. All north, south. Right. Also. Yes. Just saying. Yes. Yeah. Lots of ghosts. Angry yeah. ghosts. They should be mad. Yeah, I'd be pissed. Be haunting the fuck out of some white people. Oh, seriously. But yeah, the like constant blaming of transcendental meditation was it's like this one like well, they just, they Eastern just mysticism, and you don't like this. Slip it in a couple times, and it it's there's a lot of things in this book that they just kind of mention and then never really quite explain. Um, I've got another really good one, but it's it's in a while. Page thirty-eight. So after a few days in the house, the kids are driving them nuts sure. um, because they're stressed out, and also because they're kids demons yeah and also kids so they're both really annoyed with the kids they think they're being like brats um, oh this is when they just like wail on them mercilessly because <laughs> that's uh, the thing parents do also they moved like less than a week before christmas which like mm-hmm. I, I suppose that's when it's easy to take time off but like also and they might be out of school but still yeah, it's a shit time uh to move but yeah uh yeah on page 38 on their fourth night in the house uh, she, Kathy, exploded and together with her husband beat Danny, Chris, and Missy with a strap and a large, heavy wooden spoon. And then that's not, like, further remarked upon? It's, I mean, it's like the next day the kids are, like, afraid of them. Yeah, that happens when you beat the crap out of someone, probably. But, like, yeah, it's, like, not remarked, like, it. they make it sound like Kathy feels kind of guilty about it. Because she's weak. But, like... It's also not, yeah, it, it, it's a lot more fucked up than the book makes. Again, it's the 70s, but it's a lot more fucked up than the book like, no. acknowledges. Yeah, that's un- unfortunate. Uh, and then on page 52, again, Kathy's losing her shit. Her two sons are, like, fighting with each other. And it's, like, fucking almost Christmas Eve. And you know trying to move into a new house and pack and shit and the kids are being shitty because they're kids and it's i think it's like too cold for them to play outside or something yeah not not too cold for the dog though yeah so uh 
They're driving her nuts. And on page 52, it claims this is the first time ever that the boys had gotten into a fight, like a physical fight with each I other. I find that unlikely Which with seems hard young boys. Yeah. Young I'm boys, not, young boys, young boys. <laughs> I'm not sure how old they are. Like, maybe like 10 and 8 or something like that. Not I mean, I, older than that. I, I did not get in a lot of fights as a small child because that was not really my deal. But like, right. I'm I'm sure even just like play fighting had been in like a number of fights by that point. Yeah. And like my my older brothers didn't really like physically fight with each other much. But I bet when they were little they did at least sort of. Yeah. I don't know. But um, Kathy's reactions to slap each boy in the face hard. So, you know, parenting. Don't be violent to each other. I'll teach you this by being violent to you. Yep. Mm-hmm. My next one is on 69. Nice. nice. Now I've got one on fi- <laughs> 59. Okay. I think, I don't remember the exact that? context of it. I think it's maybe George talking to the father on the phone, maybe when he's like first calling for assistance. Uh, but the demon keeps like fucking with the phones oh. and like messing stuff up. Yeah. And I just had it written down as demon wiretap. It's just like jumping in there, but it's like a 70s wiretap, so like you can hear the click and you know someone's on there. Not like NSA style, but uh, I just like that he was fucking with the phones. Yeah, by this time, Father Mancuso has come down with the flu, and like he's felt weird since he went to the house. Um, And then, yeah, the George and, and Kathy are getting creeped out. Uh, I'm not sure if I marked it anywhere, but one of my favorite details was that George, like, cannot get warm. So all he does... For, was just, like, obsessed with the fire. Solid week there. Just feeding it logs the entire just, time. Like, making a gigantic roaring fire and then, like, going down to the basement to, like, check the... Like, doesn't shower. Stat. He's just, like, obsessed with the fire. Yeah, no, he won't shower. He's just obsessed with the fire. All about those logs, baby. So it's just some weird weird shit's just been happening in the house. I didn't mark everything. But like spooky stuff. And um Yeah, on page sixty nine, uh George has gone out in the middle of the night again to tell his dog who's probably freezing to not bark or whatever and is testing the fucking boathouse door. Um, and then, so he looks up at the house and sees in the little girl's room, um, that the, he sees the little girl in the window and, uh, this is one of the few other redeeming parts of the novel directly behind his daughter, frighteningly visible to George was the face of a pig. He was sure he could see little red eyes glaring at him. Little piggy, little anchor. And then he runs up into the house and like the little girl's asleep. Like she wasn't standing in the window. Demon pig. So this just like. What's the pig's name again? I don't remember. It's like... Jody? Jody. Yeah. It's, it's great. Jody. It's an excellent pig name. Yeah, it's a great pig name. For a demon pig? Yeah, because Missy's like, oh, I have this imaginary friend who... Well, not imaginary, but I have this friend, Jody, who's a pig. And he's great. And is a demon. Yep. Also, the sewing room is particularly haunted, so eventually they just shut the door and don't use it. Yep. They try to like nail it shut at one point too. So that's. Oh yeah, I got infested by problem solving. 
flies. Yeah. Which is gross. Sure, sure. Oh, okay. So there's this thing where um, apparently with George all like uh, disheveled and bearded, he looks like Ronald DeFeo, Ronnie DeFeo, the murderer guy. Which is just a thing, I guess. Because, like, a local bartender gets creeped out when he finds out where he lives. Because he, like, thinks he looks like him and then finds out where he lives and is creeped out. Oh, 105 is where um, it's, like, this local cop, John Frito, is talking to Mancuso about what happened in the house, I guess. He says, well, basically the story is Ronald DeFeo drugged his family at dinner on November 13th, 1974, and then shot them all with a high-powered rifle while they were out cold at his trial. He did claim a voice told him to do it. Apparently, eventually, George goes to do some research on, like, the property. Yeah. And finds that the area, that area was the ancestral lands of the Shinnecock Indians and allegedly that area by the Amityville River was a place where they like used to put like sick and crazy people or something until they died of exposure. Makes sense. Um, And believed it to be infested with demons. Um, But I liked this uh, phraseology. It's 122. Blah, blah, blah. But in the late 1600s, white settlers white settlers eased the first Americans out of the area, sending them farther out on Long Island. That's, that's one way to describe it, yes. I guess. Certainly is. Certainly is. So my, my thing at 121, since we're there, mm-hmm. uh, this is a repeated thing that, like, never gets fully addressed that, like, annoyed the fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. Uh they keep talking over and over again about Father Mancuso having these, like, sores or, like, blisters on his hands mm-hmm. and on, like, the front and back of his hands. Mm-hmm. But as I, as far as I can remember, they never use the word stigmata the entire time. Right. And it's just, like, played up as this, like, winking, like, serious, wink-wink, nudge-nudge serious thing. But they just, like, never fucking talk about it in those terms. Oh, I thought... And I just felt like it was always, like, building to something. But it just never really goes anywhere. I thought it was more disparate than that. Like it wasn't in a stigmata form. Like it wasn't just in. A I stigma. I read it as stigmata. Okay. Like every time it was mentioned. Yeah. So in addition to like coming down with a horrible fever every time he talks to the Lutzes or tries to, because of the demon wiretap on the phone, he a bunch of times he comes down with this weird, possibly psychosomatic like hand rash thing. I didn't read it as stigmata just because it sounded like it was kind of all over his hands. It just felt to me like this is obviously where you're trying to go with this. It's like demon And so stigmata. like why aren't you why aren't you just like saying it? Hmm. Well that he's supposed to be I don't know some sort of like Christ figure suffering for his faith and trying to like defend the house or fulfill his role as like right. the father or whatever. But didn't he just he only went there the one time though, right? He went he, there to I thought he went the there house. a couple times. Did he come back? I can't Maybe remember. he didn't. I don't know. Anyway. But I think, like, basically what I think happened is he went there, assuming any of this ever actually happened. He went there to bless the house for them. 
Maybe he got a creepy vibe. I don't know. But then he had a really, really terrible bout of the flu. Yeah. And blamed it on this weird shit that was supposedly happening at this house. Yeah. Slash none of this happened. Right. So it's like New Year's. Um, George has finally started leaving the house again. He like went into work finally. Yeah. Shit. Um, but there's, yeah, there's a talk about like his mounting bills. Um, because Telephone bills. They can't really afford. Automobiles. Automobiles. Et cetera. Boat, boat bills. Yep. Doesn't quite work. Yeah. Like why do you, what? Like don't buy a fucking. Speedboat. Need that speedboat. Maybe he's like a drug runner or something. Like a shitty drug runner. Yeah, he's worried about having a payroll deficit. All the cash he and Kathy had saved gone towards the expense of the closing on the house, an old fuel bill, and paying off the boats and motorcycles. Like what? Why you do you why do you need all these things? You don't have those things. Motorcycles are dumb. Boats are less dumb but still kind of dumb. But also, it's winter, like you're not going to use either of those things. Right. Right. Cuz there's that whole thing about how the boats are, in the water in the boathouse mm-hmm. but he has to like set up a pump so that the water doesn't freeze around the boat because he yep. didn't he couldn't pay to like get it t- like taken out of the water or something i don't really understand it no dude like presumably he has a trailer just go to like a dock I don't put on the fucking trailer i don't i don't really get it i don't know a thing about boats dumb but you don't want it to be frozen into the water that Damn. No, that that will yeah, that will probably ruin it. Oh, but the IRS is like looking into his business now, and so, oh, he kept having dreams about finding secret caches of money, and then there's this weird thing where like, Kathy's brother was getting married like the day after Christmas, which oh, and all his like money goes and missing. And he had a bunch of cash for yeah to pay for like a wedding venue thing, which whoa the seventies sure. And just, like, lost it in the house, quote-unquote. Somebody stole it. It's probably Jody. Jody. Yeah. Um, but they, and they allegedly, they never did find it. Whatever. But, uh, yeah, they're talking about these dreams George is having of just finding cash in the house. Because he had to help pay, cover the expense of the money. Yeah. It says, small wonder George dreamed of the simple, magical solution to the bind he was in. You wished you could find Jimmy's money. The fifteen hundred would be a lifesaver. And this is like pretty typical also for these haunted house stories, especially on a lot of those ghost shows, it's like, um, I married my second husband and we bought a house and we were gonna start a new life together. And then he started acting weird when we moved in. And it's like, guess what? Sometimes like when you have a new relationship, especially if there are like stepkids involved and stuff and you made this huge financial decision, like relationship problems just happen because like you're all under stress and there's a lot of change and maybe you didn't know each other that well before um but sure yeah maybe it's ghosts seems reasonable um oh on 147 they talks about bringing harry the dog into the house to feed him and then like letting him actually stay in there yeah i have a i was gonna go over it but I'm 147, my note is just dog inside, finally. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's like below zero, but the dog's outside. And like, I know, like, and he has like a compound, like a little house out there or whatever. I seriously doubt it's like insulated or heated. But like, 
I mean, they refer to him as like a trained guard dog at one point, which I don't really know what that means, but also he can guard your house inside. Who, uh, who let the dogs in? That's what I'm asking. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. I would like to cite this movie. <laughs> 11, 14, 19, 10, 23 p.m. Um, this is evidence for a divorce trial. Okay. Cool. Cool. Do that. Cite that. Or my murder trial. <laughs> can be both. Yeah, it could be both. I mean, murder is a form of divorce. So, Father Mancuso's just having a rough time of life. Um, and, I don't know, maybe he talked to George or tried to talk to him again on the phone. I don't really know what the inciting incident is here. But suddenly, his apartment starts smelling like shit. Sure. <laughs> and then he's, uh, on 167, says... Uh, remembering one of the lessons he learned in demonology, you know, like you do in seminary, the odor of human excrement was always associated with the appearance of the devil. So every time you shit, the devil's there. Yep. Uh, the thing I have on 179 is, I think this is in the midst of the father's extended slash repeated illness. He just like goes home to his mom. And, like, stay there with mom as mom takes care of him. Mm, mm-hmm. She's like, you're a grown-ass man. Yeah, he's, like, in his 40s or what 50s. You, what or are you doing here, dude? Like, and it just has this weird, like, arrested development return to childhood kind of thing. It's, man. Oh, because he sleeps in his childhood bed. Yeah, talks yeah. About it. No, it's it's weird. Like a single bed. It's weird. Yeah. It is always kind of weird that, um, I mean, obviously, I'm not Catholic, but I did, uh, work for the archdiocese here for like a year and a half and a weird thing about priests is because you think of them as like or at least i did kind of having no family because they can't get married you know kids but they're also still like you know brothers and sons and uncles and stuff so it is kind of weird to think about them like yeah about him being a grown man and just like being really sick and just like going home to mom. I guess it's the only close female attachment he's allowed to have. Oh, they're close. Like in life, so. Well, him and the Virgin Mary are. Well, yeah. Real close. Yep. Talk about being virgins. Oh, yeah. Hot. Hot. Maybe he gets one of those cool ones that cries blood or whatever. Shit happens. There's like nightmares. People get lifted out of bed. Well, and like none of it is scary. Yeah. It's just really underwhelming. They think they see each other in the house, I think, and then they don't. Honestly, I was kind of rooting for the demon. Seriously. For a good bit of this. Uh, At least he's keeping it interesting. Like these people. They get to, into this whole thing with Father Mancuso about like talking to the archdiocese or the diocese or the archdiocese whatever it is there yeah about like sending someone to investigate their claims yeah bureaucracy which is how that works right because when i worked at the archdiocese um it if people would call saying things like um i think there's something going on in my house or there might be a demon or something i would transfer the calls to the chancellor's office or i guess the assistant chancellor um I feel like they were usually like, hey, why don't you do some, join a prayer group. But that's where you would go. Um, but yeah, Father Mancuso's not coming that night. 
But 185, uh, they talked about things going kind of normally, briefly. And it just says, George had even helped Missy take her bath. What? Basic fathering. But I do love that when he puts her to bed and she goes, Good night, Daddy. Good night, Jody. This is this is kind of uh, a little bit like uh, Master and Margarita in that the like animal character is like maybe the best character. I want to see more Jody. Jody doesn't do anything though. Yeah, but like just the idea of Jody yeah, is like delightful. Yeah, like weird red-eyed pig. Weird like demon pig that just hangs also, out with you. His name is Jody, which is very seventies. Yeah, yeah. It should just be like the Adventures of Jody and whatever that kid's name is, Jody hanging out, Missy. going on trips in the schizophrenic boat. That would be a page turner, not like this bullshit. On 207, Father Mancuso is like, he's kind of getting in trouble with the people in Powers so, of the he's a, he's a renegade. He's not play by he anyone's keeps, rules. Well, he's like, there's something going on at this house, and also it's fucking me up. And they're kind of like, hey, buddy, you're not doing so well. Maybe you should talk to someone. Typical. Um, when obviously play, it's being play off the man's the concerns, yeah. From a distance. Uh what that song's about? From a distance. Well, yeah. I guess God's watching us, so it's like a surveillance state kind of thing. He's watching, but he's letting that demon fuck up your life. Yeah. So what use is he? But the Chancellor tells Father Mancuso to not involve himself in this case anymore because it's like, Father, you're getting too close to the case. Yeah, basically. Um, and then 207, it says, uh, Chancellor Ryan's warning, don't involve yourself anymore, flashed across his mind. But it was too late. Father Mancuso had all the signs of another attack of the flu. You may just be, like, immunocompromised. Right. Maybe you should look into that, dude. Well, yeah, it might just be, like, you have a really bad flu and, like, there you have better days, but then you are sick again. Yeah. Like, maybe it's not the flu. Maybe you have something worse. Like, go to a doctor. Yep. Biatch. Maybe, maybe their health health care plan isn't that good. Oh, the Catholics? Yeah. What? I'm sorry. Would they do things like uh, compromise people's health care, like women, um, in favor of uh, their whoa, doctrinal whoa, issues? Whoa. Let's roll this one back here. Oh, I'm sorry. Baby incubators? Women aren't people. <laughs> I forgot for a second. Oh, my God. Just like a fetus It was oven. so dumb. Uh, why were like, we even talking? Like an easy bake oven for fetuses. <laughs> All pink and battery operated. I don't know. If yep. They are, I uh, yeah. I feel like old ones were probably plug in, but I'm sure they became battery operated over time. You can make some adequate brownies with that thing. <laughs> Um, oh man, that's a that's a band name. Adequate brownies. Adequate brownies. Yeah. Killing it tonight, bro. Yep. And fuego, as the kids say. Oh uh, god. On page two twenty six, <laughs> um, suddenly there's um, uh, George, um, he's trying to call Father Mancuso, and you know the demons fucking up their phone call. Um, uh, and suddenly here's Kathy shrieking upstairs. And he goes upstairs and it says on every wall in the hall were green gelatinous spots oozing down from ceiling to the floor, settling in shimmering pools of green slime. Slimer. (laughs) Which one of you did this? Kathy fumed. 
tell me or I'll break every bone in your body. Yeah, you should probably just beat it out of them. And the kids are like, we didn't do it. Typical. Also, like, if you're threatening to break their bones, like, they don't, probably don't really want to tell you the truth. Yeah. Even if they did, which also, how would they do that? Just got a waterboard. I'm like a normal parent. I mean, this is the pre-GAC era. Yeah. Which was a dark time in America. Be in, in the BG years. <laughs> P, PG? Or B, BGE, before BG. GAC era. Oh. Mm. Oh, then this weird thing happens where, um... Kathy has all these weird, like, welts on her body. Yep. And there's this whole thing where she's she's naked except for her bathrobe. And they call, like, Kathy's mom over. Who they what's, the, what's the pagination on this? 238. Oh, my, my next one's 245 because I think this is, like, the demon, the demon sex thing. Yeah. Which is, like, also one of the better parts of the book just for its weirdness. But, like... I think this is, like, the lead-up to that. Yeah, like, she's naked, except for they've... Yeah, she has these weird streaks, and they don't know what caused them, and... Stretch marks, kiddo. Yeah, her mom comes over, who they didn't want to tell about the haunting before, because she's, like, super Catholic. But they were already talking to someone from the church, so I don't know. They didn't want her to worry. And so he she's like oh did you call the doctor and george's like she didn't want the doctor it then this is 238 says the frightened girl 30 year old woman sure began to cry that just creeped me out that's all that's all is it like a not a girl not yet a woman kind of sitch i I feel like at 30 she's probably a woman she's had several children by now three kids you're 30 second marriage second marriage i'd say you're a woman yeah I mean, I guess in her mom's eyes, she's still a girl. Yes. Like, she's her girl. Yeah. But, like, yeah, the frightened girl. That weirded me out. Just also, the infantilized she's in her just terror. She's laying there with her bathrobe open, all naked, with mm-hmm. weird streaks that just eventually disappear. Just welcoming that demon in. But also her mom. That might be how their family rolls. You don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, be comfortable with your body, I guess, if you're into that sort of thing, but... I don't think discomfort profound always my family seen me naked since i was a very small child yeah yeah since i could bathe myself it's for the best bodies are shameful and should be hidden away at all times cover it up exactly all right what you got uh the demon sex thing on 245 is the uh, my next one where she's like having some kind of pleasurable experience and she knows it's not George because they hadn't been banging for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she's doing something with someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like that as a ghostly lovers kind of situation. Cause it's weird. Oh, yeah. Cause she like, she's feeling better and she like fell asleep and was having like unconnected visions of making love to someone. It wasn't George, dot, 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 dot. It's a lot of dots. So many dots. It's like uh, mediocre candy. Dots. I like dots. They're good. Yeah. A weird consistency. You're weirdly consistent. If I'm getting something like that, I want like a straight up gumdrop. It's got some, like a little bit of resistance, but is is largely kind of chewy. But they have stuff that scratch. It's like it scratches your tongue. Gumdrops do. 
Because they have the like sugary stuff on Powdered, the Powdered, yeah. Not it depends on the brand. No. Um, eventually enough creepy shit happens in the house. Um there's this weird thing where like the dad and one of the kids they're like where, seeing through the floor and the ceiling. Where are we right now? I've got something on two sixty. Two sixty seven's my last one, so okay. okay. But um Eventually, they all get so freaked out by the stuff happening in the house that they all start sleeping in the same room. Like, the kids are all sleeping in the parents' bed, and the parents are, like, falling asleep in these chairs. Translucent House. That's another band name. <laughs> it's not as good as Adequate Brownies. Or whatever. No, Translucent House can be the album title. What was the thing you said earlier that we were going to make a t-shirt? You want to have to listen to this again? I mean, presumably you will for I mean, editing purposes, edit but yeah. translucent house so it's like january it's like a third of the way through january here by the time it's escalated to this point and um yeah the parents are just like sleeping in these chairs while the kids all sleep in the bed and it's like go somewhere else um but apparently george is having a nightmare and he's screaming and wakes everyone up but he doesn't realize why and um, he's like, what happened? On 260, they said, you kept yelling, I'm coming apart. And we couldn't wake you up. You're tearing me apart, demon. Exactly. Yeah. It was some. Uh, Nailed it. Well, Rebel Without a Cause shit first. And then the room shit. This is definitely room level. Yeah. No, this is like borderline sub room. It's like a crawl space basement. Like the secret room in their basement that they found? Yeah, the weird like murder room. It's like painted red and yep. there's some implications that maybe some like devil worship happened there, but it's never followed up on or proven or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a dumb detail that never really goes anywhere. This is just a throwaway thing, but it's another Jody moment okay. where I think the daughter's making like PB and J and she's like slipping one under the table for Jody. And it made me really happy. The idea of this like demon pig eating some PB and J. It's like that uh, like paranormal show where the kid was bringing sandwiches to the reptoid. The closet, closet reptoid, yeah, yeah, yeah. classic. No, it just made, it makes Jody relatable. It's like I like PB and J. Sure, who doesn't? We should we should rap. At two seventy two, um, we check back in with Father Mancuso for some some reason. reason, and so he's not like he's not in contact with the Lutzes anymore or whatever, but he thinks about them. And uh, says, before he retired Tuesday night, Father Mancuso prayed that this evil force could somehow be reasoned with. Like, what? Stop. Also, don't. Respond to my unwavering logic, demon. So in the epilogue, basically they deserted the house. Yep. Um, but then they decided to invite people to investigate or whatever, including um, people from the Psychical Research Institute in Durham, North Carolina, who they'd been in contact with. But, like, again, Demon made a snowstorm or something, so they couldn't come. But also, Ed and Lorraine Warren showed up. And I just like to believe that it's... Um, you, you just know, want to think of the ones from The Conjuring. Patrick Wilson, those pants. In tight 70s pants? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I do. Clearly. Creep. 
thinking about them right now. Creepity creep. Anywho's will be. Presumably somewhere li- someone lives there now. 112 Ocean Avenue. Patrick Wilson's pants? Or... No, in the house. Oh, okay. 112 Ocean Avenue. All right. He's- his ass has an address. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your mom is so fat. Her ass has a mailing address. Her own zip code, bro. Postal. It's got one of those like sub like the sub codes that come after like the five digits. <laughs> the like shipping uh, code. It's for that. better routing. Fuck yeah. Postal burns. Exactly. Oh man, postal burns is an album name too. <laughs> Adequate brownies. On a roll. New full length. Postal burns. Featuring the hit single, Transparent House. Exactly. See, it shit writes itself. I guess so. Gotta do this. Or relearn to play an instrument. Yeah, Amityville Horror. Horrorable. Um, it's my review. It was okay. Two hooves down. <laughs> Jody's not into it. Yep. Thinks he should have had a much uh, larger role. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just not well done. It's not well. Uh, yeah, I mean, when we talked about it before, I think there's potential in the story. Sure. But it's just not well written. No. And it feels not. very like transparently like pulp fictiony like cliffhanger every chapter kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But like all the things it's sort of building up to are like the, I don't know, the like book equivalent of jump scares just like aren't scary. No. Maybe they would have been in 77, but it just reads really flat now. Right. No, it's not. Yeah. Or maybe if I had read this at like 11 years old, I would have been scared, but I am not. It's well, yeah, scary. I can't imagine an adult audience reading this and being like, this is, this is scary. I mean, I think it was a huge bestseller, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, people in the 70s were stupid. I mean, I also think Clearly. there was this thing where it was like, this is a true I mean, story, but it's like. Jimmy Carter, one term. What else do I have to say? Yeah, not a great book. Wouldn't recommend it. Um, I kind of want to watch the movie again. Just to be like, was this bad? And then probably be reminded, yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, I'm sure it's... I, I mean, I obviously, like, they took liberties and there's, like, pacing and stuff. I'm sure they did better, but... In my head, I can't, like... Is Jody in there? No. <sighs> not interested? Well, Jody might be in the movie, but it's not in my head. Yeah. But in my head, I get it confused with um, Poltergeist, which... Is aggressively got, boring. Yeah, I got bored with, like, an hour into. So I'm just like, is well, like, this the one with the chairs on the b- kitchen table? Bortergeist. Exactly. Snortergeist. It's on Coke. Maybe. That's what it is. It's, it's, all, just, it's all just like a, like a Coke hallucination. Maybe. Just got really high, and then I started seeing shit in the static on the TV. Mm-hmm. It's part. It's part of that, right? Carol Ann, Carol Ann. I mean, I think it's clear how we felt about this book. Meh. 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 I mean, we Meh. read it for Minus. trash book purposes. Yeah, it lived up to its, its, its trash billing. Well, you can bring it back to the library. Sort of renewed it like several times. Yeah. No holds though. No one else wants it. Mm-mm. Forget about it. I mean, it's a fine trade paperback edition so sure. that i had to tape the cover of right allegedly don't come after him saint paul public library they might they've tried to before mm. bastards exactly we don't have our, our next book chosen didn't we discuss mind hunter or 
Is that what the book is called? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it doesn't have to be that. I'm just thinking that's something we discussed. There's a bunch of other stuff. Because it's a good read next, right? Mm-hmm. Presumably that will be, that'll be good. Okay. We'll read Mindhunter next. Okay. Hunt, hunt some minds. Okay, friends. Um, thanks for listening. We'll read Mindhunter next. Maybe it'll happen this year. Oh, wait, wasn't it porcu- Porcupines for Your Ears? Wasn't that the tagline? thing i said earlier that you wanted to something like put that. on a shirt something like that um if any three dozen of you would buy a merch let me know uh you can we can we can, can put a, a handwritten note in with it if that is further enticement <laughs> isaac has the smallest handwriting in the I world do. it's very small I'll write you a novella hello um you can get in touch with us through email, couplesbookclubcast at gmail.com. We also have a website, couplesbookclub.blog. Um, and also you can find us on Facebook. And um, like rate and review and subscribe. And just like tell your friends like, hey, have you ever thought, I want to hear some people talk about a book like every couple months. Yep. <laughs> That's Punct- this podcast. Punctual. Listen, I've had we're, we're a head injury time. this year, so it's I'm doing the best I can. It's a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. Also, our producer is uh, DJ Slomo over here. Yeah. So. I mean, this is actually, this is about as fast as she can get through stuff. Yeah. So we'll see how long it takes her to edit this. Yeah. February, March. Maybe like 2023. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should have like two or three more in the can by then sure 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 all right everybody um thanks for listening you're a peach you're a pear just just calling people fruits now yeah i don't know that's maybe offensive depending how you mean it i like i was gonna say i like fruit but i don't i'm not do you i don't dislike it i just won't eat it you like fruit flavored stuff sure Sure, Fruit sure. Loops. Sure. Fruit by the foot. Sure. Fruit okay, let's punch. End, let's end this thing. Okay. <laughs> let's put it out of its misery. All right. Um, peace out to everyone, especially Jody the Demon. Pig. <laughs>